group trip Artie Friends Podcast 2024. Where are we going, Kara? We're going to Bali! And we have two trips, not one, two. I know, I'm literally so excited. Bali has been on my bucket list probably for a decade. The best part of these two itineraries is that they are so different. We're doing a North Bali and a South Bali trip. North Bali, think hikes, waterfalls, snorkeling. South Bali, think city life, pottery classes, going to the beach club, shopping. I literally cannot wait. Same. And if you guys want to come with us, we will be going in August and September 2024. So if you want to go go to our website and i'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor pros pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed i had been wanting to try them for so long and when i tell you guys that i put on my instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. We'll see you in Bali. This is Allison. And this is Kara. Today, we are kicking off our wellness series. We have an amazing guest. Her name is Ansley Emerson. She is a space alchemist and an empowerment coach. And she talks a lot about how to make your home a sacred space that you can thrive in. So we thought she would be the perfect guest for our environmental wellness. And as it's winter, probably cold out wherever you live, hoogifying, cozying up our home, extra important this time of year when we're spending more time inside. So that's why we wanted to get this episode on the calendar earlier in the year and creating a healthy home. 
is a great foundation for all of these other areas of wellness. Yeah, this one can be a little bit easier to tackle, maybe a quicker transformation as compared to maybe some of the physical changes or mental changes, emotional changes. So we're excited. We're not going to do a full catch up right now because we talked to her for quite a bit. So we're just going to share our peaks of the week and then get right into it. Okay, my peak of the week is that I'm really proud of myself for kickstarting my physical wellness goals in December. And I'm really feeling like it's already paying off. So I've really been prioritizing movement and going to workout classes and eating better and getting enough protein. And so I'm feeling really good. It's kind of crazy how if you actually stick to your physical wellness goals, how quickly you can see those transformations. And I'm proud of myself and I just want to stick to to it and mm-hmm. hope that this isn't just excitement out of the gate. And that's why I'm doing the 250 workouts for 2024 that I don't fall off the wagon. I love that. I think you're definitely gonna be able to do that. If anyone can do it, it's Allison. So I love that for you. I'm gonna say my peak is I loved the holidays, loved having that slow down time with my family, Connor's family. I'm feeling very rejuvenated and just ready to tackle my New Year's goals, those resolutions in the year. Okay. Reading your guys' peak of the week, Renee said she she fully recovered from appendix surgery and she is ready to get back to yoga. I'm so glad that your surgery went well. That is scary, but I hope everything went great. Macy said, getting to go to New York City with my family. I love that so much. What a great time of year to go. Hope you guys have the best time. Hannah said, she's in Mexico working half days and cruising through books at the beach. What a dream. That sounds amazing. (laughs) I would love to just plant myself right next to you. And Brenna said, took a girl's trip to a small town and we went apple picking. How cute. What a fun little girl's trip. As always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram story box every Monday at our defense podcast. And make sure you follow us on Instagram. You can get entered for our Listener of the Week giveaway. Follow us and send us at rating or review on Apple or Spotify podcast. And that'll get you entered. We have on a very special guest to kick off our wellness series. Her name is Ansley Emerson. She is a space alchemist and an empowerment coach, and she also does one-on-one mentoring. She is here to help people reach their highest potential and get back to finding their inner essence and their inner wisdom. She supports people all over the world, create sustainable changes in their life through intentionally integrating and transforming their internal and external spaces. So today we're going to talk about how your home impacts your overall well-being how you begin the process of creating a supportive home space, some practical tips, energy clearing, and how you approach space alchemy through the different seasons. So without further ado, here is Ansley Emerson. Hello, Ansley. Thank you for being here with us today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm stoked. Well, I feel like we should start out. You should give us your bio. Tell us who you are, what you do. Give us your whole spiel. So my name is Ansley Emerson. I am a space alchemist and a coach, mentor. I work a lot with women transforming their lives on a very integrated and sustainable way from within and from without. So my focus is really on my own methodology, which is space alchemy. Before we get too far into it, could you give us your definition of space alchemy? Yeah. So space alchemy is the art of intentionally integrating and transforming your internal and external space in order to create your most authentically fulfilling and free life. So it's 
it's really, it's working with all the different layers of our inner and outer space. So our home space, but also our inner being, our bodies, you know, our somatic, subconscious, mental, emotional spaces. And again, it's really about creating like deep rooted, grounded and sustainable change by working from the inside out and the outside in. Because when you work, when you create change and shifts from one kind of layer, you do create a ripple effect. But when you're addressing shifts and transformation on multiple levels, it's creating this like self-sustaining loop and it really gets even deeper into transforming your whole life. Can you tell us how you got into space alchemy? Because we're so excited to ask you all about this because I don't think we've ever had a guest on that has done space alchemy before. So how did you even find this? Yeah. So since I was a little kid, like my home space has been so important to me. I've always loved like creating spaces and designing and like creating cozy sanctuaries and going through school and life and growing up. Like this was always a big aspect of my life was my home space. A lot of stuff kind of happened come like when I was 18, I went on this whole spiritual journey, um, really dove deep into self-development and like my entire life shifted, went on this deep internal journey of doing the work, doing the healing, all very interested in Eastern spirituality and philosophy. So I went really deep into all of that. And then simultaneously, while I was in college, I was getting a degree in graphic design. So there was this other side of the visual, the designing, the creating. That was such a big part of my life. And then summer 2019, I actually, I went to Maui, which was like a hugely transformational experience spending time with Ram Dass and meeting a lot of satsang and spiritual community there. And I actually met my current partner there who ended up moving to Arizona with me because we were, I still had one more semester of college. And so then, sorry, there's so many different pieces, but I'm, it's coming to a head. Pretty much I, for my very final semester, I got super into creating space even more like to another level because it was actually my partner and I's first apartment together. And I just had this whole, I don't know, this whole thing came through during that time where I got so passionate about creating sanctuary and creating this home space. And I actually was, at the point of needing to create a whole thesis process for my design degree. And so I actually, for the thesis whole experience, I decided to create a business basically of creating sanctuary, home sanctuary for people. And hence, this is like, you know, January of 2020. So right before the pandemic, like fully came into swing. And that was, it was kind of crazy because I feel like I was tuning into that thing that came. So that whole semester and that whole thesis project was during the heart of the the pandemic of really like creating sanctuary. And this was very much more focused on design and upcycling and that aspect of home space. But at the same time, I was also diving super deep into feng shui, energy clearing, clutter clearing. I actually ended up then moving to Maui uh, right when that semester ended. 
And that's when my journey took like an even deeper dive rather than having this business of just like creating sanctuaries for other people. I really found my calling of coaching and of like working with people to create their own spaces, their own sanctuaries. So I actually got certified as a holistic health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, as well as a clutter clearing coach. And then simultaneously, you know, I was still diving into all this other personal development work, somatic work. And I think my my coaching business really was birthed and came to fruition. And this methodology of space alchemy came to be through all of these different pieces, through the energy clearing, the energy work, the clutter clearing, the like intuitive feng shui through all of my other self-development and spiritual journey and design. Like everything kind of just came together and this single modality that I really started creating this methodology for my clients and offering, yeah, all my different gifts through this one kind of lens. Wow. That definitely sounds like it was a very profound time, especially with the pandemic happening and people spending so much more time at home or moving and having to redevelop their space for remote working. I know a while back you had posted a story of your home when you were living in and I messaged you and I was like, I need the story of this because how did you possibly get this place in Maui? That's like impossible. So I would love if you could share that story because it was so interesting to me. And I think that our listeners would be interested as well. Oh yeah. I would love to share that because I think really calling in that home was such a big journey in this space alchemy process for me of really integrating the work in my own life. So basically, when we first landed in Maui after graduation, when we like full on moved there, we didn't like bring a bunch of stuff, but we just, we showed up. We were actually at that point staying in Ram Dass's like guest house, Ohana kind of space. And this was after he had passed earlier in December. And that space had originally been used for home retreats. Like a lot of people would come on retreat to go see him and to, you know, go on these big kind of healing retreats. Like lots of people came with a lot of stuff, if that makes sense, which was very much in the space. And I'm... And you don't mean material stuff. You mean like heavy baggage, emotional stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm like very, very sensitive very empathic person. And so the moment I stepped into that space, I like so intensely felt all of that. And I just like burst into tears. And it was really like this really intense moment. But it was also this really this initiation and this invitation to dive deeper into the space alchemy work because I was like, oh, here's this space that I can bring in all of these tools and practices to really transform the space because I mean, also it just hadn't been used in a while. So, and it, yeah, it just, it needed a good deep cleaning and all these different things. So I really, during my partner and I's time there, I dived so deep into this work of deeply cleaning and clearing and bringing in all of the space alchemy vibes 
with the intention not only of making that space feel a lot better, but also this wasn't like a long-term housing arrangement. Like it wasn't going to work to be like our actual home. And so simultaneously, we were actually looking for a home. And this was during, still during the pandemic, Maui, as kind of always, there's always kind of a housing shortage. They actually call it like a housing crisis. It can be really challenging to find different places to live. And like we've had friends who have gone so long just jumping from place to place trying to find a more long-term home. And so basically I had a dream of like, this is the kind of space that I want. Like I want all of these different things in our home. And this is kind of the budget we're working with. And a lot of people around me were like, well, that's impossible. Like, you definitely can't get that with the amount of money you're wanting to spend. Like, you really got to, like, lower your expectations. And and I was just like, nope. <laughs> like, I know that this thing is out there. I know that I can find this. And so I used, you know, the process of space alchemy and these practices to, to call in this home, really. And so while I was searching, and like taking the little action steps that I could to find our next home, I was simultaneously making that current space feel as good as it possibly could. I was treating it as if it was, you know, my dream home. I was treating it exactly how I would treat that home that I was calling in, you know, classic manifestation stuff, but really on the home front. And after maybe like six weeks, I think, we saw this Craigslist ad for, it was everything that I had been calling in, everything that was on my list. I was like, this is the one. It was like an insane price, unheard of, way different than anything I'd been seeing, way more space. We went up and we chatted with a woman who was renting it out and it was like a total match. She said that they had like dozens and dozens of people who had already reached out. But as we were driving away, I messaged her and we're like, we would love to take it. And she messaged back and said like, yeah, we'd love for you to have it. So that it felt like this big confirmation of all of the work that I was doing. And this was at a point before I had really launched my coaching business where I was still in the the certification process and I was still in this kind of learning and deepening my knowledge and skills kind of aspect of the journey. But I feel like this was such a pivotal moment in that of showing me like, wow, this actually works. And it's like actually magic. That's such a cool story. Well, are you still in Hawaii now? Where do you live now? No. So we actually left almost, I think a year ago to the day. It was on like winter solstice of last year that we left and we we had just been traveling and we spent some time just throughout the US and Arizona on the East Coast and Canada. And most recently, the past couple months, we have been living in New York City. So we're, we're kind of at this point of feeling like it's time to put some more roots down again. We're currently in a sublet. And so I'm kind of re and I'm back in this space of calling in that most aligned space. So it's it's like this full cycle, full circle kind of moment. I well, I definitely believe that you can do it because <laughs> the place that you found in Maui was on, I hope I say it right, Haleakala? Yeah, Haleakala. You got it. And if anyone's been to Maui, the whole island is magical, but especially up on the volcano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that location, that price, all of that is amazing. I am sure you're going to find something really, really cool in New York as well. And over the last years, you've been moving around. Give us some 
some tips of how in the midst of all of that, you were able to find grounding in all of those different living situations? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gone from graduating college to finding new homes, to moving in with partners, moving across the country. And when you're not buying a house that's a forever home, it's hard to figure out how much to invest into the space when you're like, oh, we could only be here a couple of months. So I'd love to hear your tips for more temporary housing situations. Mm, yeah, that's something that definitely a lot of people bring to me of this this feeling of like, well, it's not my forever home. Like this isn't going to be a long-term forever thing. So why should I even invest the time, the energy, the resources to make this space feel the way that it could feel if it's not going to be forever? And I think that's like probably one of my number one tips is like, don't keep waiting. Don't keep postponing until you have the perfect space or the forever home because A, that just may never fully come in your own mind of like you, I don't know, you may just always feel like, oh, even if you're going to be there for a few years, it's still not the forever home. It's still not the forever home, yada, yada, yada. So it just keeps on perpetuating this thing of really postponing your own joy, your own sanctuary, your own, yeah, comfort and making the most of your own home. So I guess my my top tip would be within the, the context, within the boundaries, that you're working within, still try to make that space feel as best as you possibly can. So like in my journey of staying, I've traveled so much where some places we would be for a week or a few days, some places we would be for a few months or one month. And I still treated each space with so much love and so much respect and really put a lot of care and attention into it. Obviously, if you're staying somewhere for a week, you're not going to be painting the walls and doing all these different little things. But within the time frame that you are staying at that space and what can you do to make it feel as good as possible? So sometimes that would mean for me, if we're staying in an Airbnb, I would like clear their decor. And if it felt like they had clutter or if it felt like they had things that did not need to be out, I would take things off the walls. I would move things around. I would store them. I took pictures every time so that I could put everything back in the place that they belong. But I would move furniture around. I probably looked like kind of a crazy person if you just (laughs) saw me. But I would treat the space with so much respect and love and the people who own it. But I would shift things in a way that works for me and my life as best as possibly as I could, as well as doing a lot of energy clearing. I would say that's kind of my top tip for especially moving around and staying in spaces that possibly a lot of people have lived in, a lot of people have stayed in. Our homes carry so much different energy from predecessors and different experiences that have happened in that home. So that was also a big tip is just clearing the energy. And then, and part of all of that would be for me, at least like cleaning. I'm like super into keeping my space really clean. And so even if I was staying in a space for a month, I would still do like a deep cleaning process. 
bringing flowers in, like just making it feel as good as it can within the boundaries and context that you're working within. So again, it really depends if you're if you're staying somewhere for like a year and you know it's just going to be a year. I had a friend who, in all of her homes that she was renting, she just never organized or set up her closet in a way that would feel really good because it wasn't, again, it wasn't her forever home. So she kept waiting until she was going to buy a house. But I, that's a really good example of something that you can do, even if you aren't going to be somewhere forever, is how can you make the most of the space? Like, oh, maybe it is getting in your closet it and organizing it and structuring it in a way that's going to best support you. But it's it really depends on your space and what's important to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And do you want to even just go into why it is important to care about your space? Yeah. So really, your home impacts your overall well-being and every aspect of your life so greatly because how you feel in your home is really setting the foundation for how you feel in your whole life. It's really like this, yeah, truly like the foundation of where everything comes from, where your entire life comes from. So your home can really make you feel like you're swimming upstream, like you're going against the current in life, or it can really help propel you towards your dreams and propel you towards your most thriving life. And the way that I look at the world, at least our home is a mirror and really reflects and affects us. So we're not actually separate from our home where our home is sort of an extension of ourselves similar of how our body is like this extension of our inner being. Our home is this continued extension of ourselves. And so it really reflects what is going on for us internally. So our homes can reflect what we love, who we are, what we believe, and also where we may be feeling stuck, where we may be feeling a little blocked. And so that's what's so cool is that our home space can really serve as this signpost in a way that's pointing to what's going on beneath the surface for us. So for example, if we're holding on to this piece of antique furniture that was gifted to us from our family that's been like carried down through generations and it's like this heirloom, like really precious thing, but we actually kind of hate it. really don't like the look of it, the feel of it, whatever it may be. But we're if we're holding on to that thing and it's in our space, it's not only this big object that's, you know, every time we look at it, we kind of feel this resentment or this anger. It may bring up these things, but it's also this kind of physical anchor for where we are holding on to people-pleasing patterns and fear of like rocking the boat. It reflects all of these patterns that aren't just coming up in this one instance, but also probably going on in many other areas of our lives. And so that's what's so cool about our homes is that we can look at, we can look at what's going on in our home space, what objects we have, what they bring up within us, and then see what is actually, what it's pointing to within us and within our lives, within our relating. And then, yeah, so that's kind of like a big piece of how our home is just reflecting who we are, but it also can impact and, and, affect ourselves and our lives. So when we really take care of our home, we really take care of ourselves. 
And when we create more flow in our home, you know, there's more flow in ourselves. There's more flow in our lives. I feel like everybody can relate to that truth of when we're feeling so chaotic and disorganized and like scattered. And typically when we're feeling like that, our space is kind of in the same state. But when we do organize, when we do clean up our space, then we naturally have more order and peace and clarity in our own selves, our own minds. And so I feel like that's a good example of how just how much we're in this relationship with our home and how it deeply affects us. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next Next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I absolutely love that example with the antique couch. That really helps make it seem very practical and tangible to me. I know you mentioned feng shui a little bit earlier. I don't know how much you know about it, but I think it's fascinating. And I was talking to another friend the other day about some of the feng shui things they did in their home. Like they rebuilt it so that the front door and the back door weren't going straight through. They moved it. Mm -hmm. And that different rooms have different colors. If you know anything about feng shui, please share. 
I it's so interesting to me. Or yeah, so too, for anyone who doesn't know what it is. So feng shui, I think the actual definition is like it's the art and science of placement. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm not I haven't dived like super deep into specific branches of feng shui where I know all of the like feng shui cures and all of the little details. But what I've come to really grasp is the importance of intuitive feng shui. I feel like feng shui can sometimes not scare people, but like make them feel like there's so much to learn and like there's so many like rules and things to follow in order to get it right, which I'm super not into the pressure that that creates for people. I feel like what I've really come to learn is that if it feels good, it's good feng shui. So like we are all so wise, like we are all our biggest teachers and experts. And I think we can really come back into that inner authority of like, we really actually do on an internal and bodily level know what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Let's, I'll give like one example of, of like a feng shui thing. And I guess quick little input that I still do love feng shui cures and the rules and like all of the wisdom to it. There's also, I just like to also put that into place that it's really about coming into your own internal wisdom and guidance and like feeding it all through that lens rather than just doing, doing something because someone says to do something. Because sometimes when that happens, it actually is going against the grain of what really truly feels good to us, which I've had clients come to me who have had multiple feng shui consultations and they really honestly felt worse after them and they did not like their spaces, like having giant chimes hanging in the kitchen. And <laughs> and so that's been something I've worked with with people as well as disentangling from the, the rigidity of the rules. But something that I really do love within feng shui, that's a great example, is like this idea of the cutting chi corner. So I invite you to just envision either a counter or an island, a table, something that has that sharp corner that could be pointing at you. So like if you walk into a room or if you're sitting in your bed or you're sitting at a table and there's this really sharp corner kind of in your direction, that sharp corner is, it's a cutting chi corner. So it's piercing through the energy. And so that's why like in feng shui, there's this emphasis of having rounded or more organic shapes or like a a trailing plant, putting that over a corner to soften it or putting a plant in front of like the corner of a wall if that's jutting out in order to soften that edge in order to create more flow. So that's, that's like one example of one like feng shui example that you can really bring into your life is looking at where in your home, there's like these jutting corners, these sharp corners and softening those. In my living room, my couch is more angular shaped and has a corner that juts out. And I always throw a blanket over that corner. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is intuitively trying to follow that rule? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's like the perfect example of how we do know these things. Like this is like ingrained in our own beings. We know what feels good. You naturally, I mean, you're also, you're so intuitive with your own home, I feel. And, and you know, that is a big part of your life from what I've seen. And so I I feel like that really comes naturally to you, but that's such a perfect example of softening that corner by putting a blanket over it. 
Fascinating. That is a fascinating. That's crazy. Let's say someone wants to get into the process of making their home more healthy for them to set up their external factors to help them internally. Where should someone start? Hmm. I would say definitely the starting point is starting with a clear intention. So getting really clear about how do you currently feel in your home and life and how do you desire to feel in your home and life? So, you know, we're all so unique and our life contexts are so unique and our priorities, our visions, our dreams are all very unique to ourselves. So I think just tapping into that clear heart and soul desire of like, what is it that I want and how do I want my home to feel and how do I want to feel in my life? That would be definitely your starting point because I think really our intention is the magic and then our action is the amplifier. So all of the actions that we take from that place is going to be supporting that intention. It's a very practical thing as well. Like if your intention is to create this feeling of peace and security, it's going to have a very different effect than feeling super energized and passionate. And it can vary from room to room as well. So you can have different intentions within different rooms. So obviously your bedroom, you're going to probably want to feel more peace, safety, security. Whereas in an office space, maybe you want to feel more clarity, more energy, more creativity, you know, so you can, all the decisions that you make really are coming from that initial space of what is it that I want. And then from there, it's really about, okay, what can I shift? What can I add? What can I subtract to help cultivate that feeling? Again, it's not about like having the perfectly organized and perfectly clean home all the time. It's about intentionally creating a home sanctuary that supports your unique visions and desires. One like top, top tip that I have is because I feel like sometimes when we get into working with our home space, it can be, there can be this desire to like add things like, oh, I want this couch or I want this thing. But I think a great place to start is actually in subtracting from the space. So what clutter can I clear? What can I release? Like what, because clutter, at least through my definition is, is anything you don't use or love anything that doesn't, you know, match who you are or who you're becoming. And so that I would say is a big starting point. Once you have your clear intention, then moving into the clutter clearing, because clutter is really, it's this big drain. It can affect your health. It can activate, you know, certain emotions like we were speaking of before, the resentment, the guilt, the anger, whatever it may be, can make it really difficult to focus, to process information. And it can really take up space from new opportunities coming into your life. When we have a lot of clutter, there's no room for more energy, more opportunities, more abundance to flow into our home and life. And so it's kind of creating this stagnancy. And when there's this built up clutter, this built up stagnancy, we can start experiencing that and feeling that in our bodies and in our lives and, you know, every aspect. So I feel like just to circle back, again, a great place to start after the intention is really going through everything that you have and and clearing the clutter and asking like, does this reflect who I am now and who I'm becoming? Does this, you know, cultivate more of the feeling that I'm trying to create more of this intention that I have for my space or does it take me further away from that? And then making choices from that space. What advice would you have for someone who has a hard time letting go of those material objects? Let's say they're donating them or gifting them. I think some people, like I hoard photos Mm -hmm. thinking about deleting 
seeing my camera roll like terrifies me, <laughs> but I can drop any material item off of the thrift store and I'm like, oh, it's fine. What do you think it is about us that makes us hold on to these objects? And even if we know we don't need them anymore, why do we struggle so bad to let go of clothing items or decor or things in our kitchen? Beautiful question. Yeah. So I think it really comes back to what I was speaking of before is that this stuff isn't just stuff. All of this stuff that it's like a physical manifestation, a physical anchor for these other deeper things, whether it's certain memories or old identities or all these different different emotions and experiences there, those things are in the objects themselves. So I think that's why it can be so challenging for people to release them. Obviously, it's going to vary from personal person to person, but also a lot of times like having clutter can really be create this sense of safety and this sense of security. And so my invitation is always like, this isn't supposed to be like a forceful or super jarring experience. Like go at your own pace. Like you don't have to get rid of anything that you're not ready to get rid of. And I think for like advice around that process is like, I feel like you mentioned it perfectly. Like you have the awareness that, okay, the photos are really challenging, but stuff like actual physical stuff in your home can be very easeful to release. So I think for, for anyone starting in this process, I would advise to just start with where you feel it's easy. Start with where you feel like it's actually going to be pretty easeful. And then when you get to the stickier things, when you get to the things that are more challenging, ask yourself, okay, what's going on beneath the surface with this? Why is this thing feeling so challenging? Like, so maybe with the photos, maybe you don't even need to get rid of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think there's... even as you're saying it, when you said the identity thing, that Mm. hit deep because I'm like, oh, it's these past versions of myself. Like Mm -hmm. there was the college me, there was the travel era me, there was the the starting time of my first business. And I feel like the photos I can look back on and jump into that era or that role that I was in Mm. so easily just like right through my phone. But if I don't have the photos, that doesn't mean that those memories don't exist anymore. And not that, like you said, not that I need to get rid of them, but do I need thousands of photos from all of these times? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Exactly. So that what comes up for me is like, how can you create something that carries these different memories of these different stages in your life? Like maybe there is a creative project in that. Maybe it's a scrapbook or maybe it's an album where you're like, you have these different chapters where then you have a few photos from each thing that really speak to that thing where you can still go back and and experience those memories and experience all of that appreciation for these past versions of yourself while also being able to release some of the photos that aren't as pivotal or as necessary. How would you relate that to someone cleaning out their closet? Mm. Yeah, so cleaning out the closet, I I kind of get pretty savage with <laughs> with cleaning out closets, <laughs> honestly, because there's and again, it's all personal and doing what's within your own level of comfort and your own edge of what feels comfortable of leaning into your edge. But you know, when it comes to clothes, our clothes are especially hold so much of our identity and hold so much of these past experiences. I had a client who was she still she fully grown woman who still had some shirts from middle school, and middle school for her was this 
this incredibly challenging time in her life where she experienced so much suffering. And every time she saw these shirts, even if she wasn't consciously thinking about it, seeing those shirts, again, it was like this physical anchor for these past experiences in in her life. So it was kind of every time she interacted with them, it was like bringing her back into these old loops, these old emotions, these old feelings. But then she ended up feeling ready to release them. And when she actually went and donated them, it was like this huge weight off of her chest where it was like this process of releasing and healing this, you know, this inner teenager past experience of her and her, this big moment in her life. So does that answer your question? Kind of, there was kind of like a very specific experience within that question. But (laughs) yeah, I feel like it just calls to attention. There are items in our closets that everything carries energy, even if we don't realize it. And that is such a good shout. It's like those clothes she didn't even realize were just bringing her back to a place that she's totally grown out of and moved on from, but it's holding her back almost. So I think that's a really great example. And I love that you brought up clutter. What are some of those other challenge areas? And I guess cleaning out the closet. Any other Mm -hmm. challenge areas that you help clients kind of get through with their home and space alchemy and wellness? Yeah. So it's really honestly everywhere, everything, every different (laughs) aspect of life. I feel like, like, for example, I had one client who was the big area in her life that she was working on and trying to create some movement to get unblocked in was, was her career. And funny enough, the most cluttered and challenging space in her home was her office space, was her desk. So I think that's a really, a good, place that you can start is like looking at, okay, where in my life am I feeling the most stuck or the most challenging? And where is what space in my home might reflect that space in my life? So for example, again, like the the studio, the home, the desk, office space was really reflecting her career space. And so then the focus could be put on, okay, how can we not only create shifts tangibly within her own in her career space, but at simultaneously, what shifts can she make in her home office in order to support the shifts she's making in her career? That's a big piece is if if you don't know where to start, just look at where in life and am I trying to create more flow, more vibrancy, and then really get quiet with yourself and tune in, okay, where is that area in my home? Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like if you're having trouble sleeping, Mm-hmm. The bedroom needs more attention. Mm-hmm. If you are working on your relationship with food and eating healthier, what's happening in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. If you aren't maybe where you want to be with your hygiene, what is your bathroom like? This is, I'm so glad that we started this whole wellness <laughs> series with you because the way that you're making these physical items translate into like the personal internal is so fascinating. And I think it will really help people as we continue to go on in the series, mm. make those connections. I wanted to ask you about energy clearing. Because when we were talking about the donating of clothes and items, even if we buy new items, they've even been made in a factory or have been transported. What is the process of energy clearing look like so that when we invite these new items into our home, whether they're new, secondhand, borrowed, that we're not bringing in the energy of that item, maybe from another person that they have these negative emotions around those objects? 
objects, not mm-hmm. negative emotions, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like the example uh-huh. of the ladies' shirts from middle school. Yeah, you find a cute Mickey Mouse shirt at the thrift store. You're like, wait, this is so cute. But that was her traumatizing t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, how do you separate that item from the energy? <laughs> That's a really, really good question. So it really, there can be kind of infinite answers to this. I think everyone has their own preferences and their own method. I personally really work with allies and guides in order to support this process. So I personally work with Archangel Michael, Shiva, and Ganesha when it comes to clearing energy, just because, you know, I feel like when I tune into the the greater uh, beings of support, it helps me in this process. But like specifically with, for example, clothing or, you know, if you bring in a new piece of furniture or whatever it is, I love to clean it first. So whatever the cleaning process would look like for that object, whether it's washing the new piece of clothing or wiping down a piece of furniture or whatever it is, like physically cleaning it with the intention of clearing any stuck or stagnant energy, clearing any energy that doesn't support my absolute highest good, highest potential, highest interest. Again, it's coming back to that intention of the intention is the magic and the action is the amplifier. So when we set that intention before we clean or before we do use any tool or process, having the intention to clear the energy would come first. And then physically cleaning, that goes for our homes too. Like just physically cleaning them with intention is clearing energy. One energetic cleaning piece of supplies that I really like to use is just like a mix, a one-to-one mixture of vinegar and water, like white vinegar that can be really energetically clearing. Uh, So if you're wiping something down, using that mixture can really take it to the next level. Other tools and objects that you can use for energy clearing, I think the ones that people are super familiar with, Palo Santo, herb bundles, ringing bells, clapping your hands, any sort of like smoke cleansing, sound, mantra, like there's all these different kind of approaches to to clearing. So you could definitely burn some Palo Santo or an herb bundle after you do your cleaning while you're still holding that that intention. Uh, You can just clap out, like clap around the object, which is going to disrupt and clear the energy. Yeah, I really just love working with kind of a combination of the different tools and really feeling into what I feel pulled to use in that moment. And again, it's about coming back into our own internal guidance of like, okay, what feels, what is this object asking of me? Whether that's, again, using smoke, using sound, using uh, another tool. Yeah. So cleaning is a big part of that. So even just cleaning the items, that's Mm going to have a good success of hopefully clearing the slate. Yeah. Can I ask how Palo Santo really works? Because we talk about Palo Santo quite a bit on here. I absolutely love it. And I have an Airbnb after every guest. I have to Palo Santo the space to like reset it. And Mm -hmm. I can literally feel in my heart, especially if it was a chaotic group. I'm like, I have to reset this so Mm -hmm. that I don't invite more of that in with the next guest. And maybe it's just me in my head and the intention, but how how does it work? Mm. What is the, the voodoo behind it? 
So I think definitely intention has a big impact. Also just the like, there's such a collective belief that this works. So I think that it's by us believing that it works, it does indeed work. Uh, But I think there are more subtle reasons within Palo Santo itself. Again, I'm not like an expert with plants and energetics of plants, but something that I think I remember learning from, I think her name's Adriana. She's like the owner of Anima Mundi Herbals. I remember she was speaking and forgive me if this is, if I speak incorrectly in any way, but I think she was speaking about how the Palo Santo wood, it's like part of this very sacred tree when it actually naturally dies, like a natural kind of decaying process, something is released into the tree, into the wood in that process of it dying. And I think the thing that's released plays a big role in the energetics of of clearing and of cleansing. And so that's what's so interesting about Palo Santo, where the demand has become so high that people, there's a lot of unethical harvesting going on now of Palo Santo and people who are harvesting this wood before it's actually fully ready to be harvested. Where do you actually get your Palo Santo from and some of your cleaning supplies that you recommend? So my favorite place to get Palo Santo is Anima Mundi Herbals, just because I know that they're, you know, their way of harvesting and and the people who they source from feel very aligned. Sometimes though, you know, I don't always get it from them. Sometimes I will just get whatever I have access to. And if you can't get that specific one for some reason, I feel like we can sometimes try to do everything so perfectly of doing the most ethical, doing the most like perfect thing that it can actually like cause us not to do the thing we're trying to do um, and create more pressure. So just to take some of the pressure off, like if you don't find like the perfect place to get it or you can't access that for some reason, just wherever, whatever you find that is easeful for you to receive and you can do it with a loving intention, I think that's perfect. Cleaning supplies wise, honestly, I don't have like a specific company that I use. I really, for the most part, when I'm doing a lot of my cleaning, it really is just white vinegar. I guess Whole Foods, any natural (laughs) food store that you go to typically has a big thing of white vinegar. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like some special thing. Yeah. I think we're both very pro vinegar water. I, I like the smell and I'll do like a couple drops of essential oil. I think mm-hmm. it's perfect. Totally. It's Adding a uh, lemon can be also support the energy clearing process with cleaning too. So if you have some drops of lemon or just fresh lemon. I've actually even seen people put vinegar and lemon in the fridge for like a week or they let it sit on the counter and even ferment for a week and then they mm. use that too. So, so okay, cool. I might have to try that out. And it's a good way to use when you've squeezed out a lemon or a lime and you've, you've used it all, but then you can kind of let it soak and sit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to ask you as a coach, when people come to you, can you kind of describe where they're at, describing their emotions or how they feel before you work with them for anyone who's kind of feeling maybe like they need to bring some attention to their home and then describe how they might feel afterwards if they really take the time to invest in making their space feel good for them. Yeah. So typically clients who come into my world, they're feeling, they're feeling some sort of like 
stagnancy or stuckness or something not moving the way they want it to be moving in their lives. And then together we work through that on all the different levels. My work, it does have, you know, I do focus on some home stuff, but a a lot of time, especially with my one-on-one clients, the home space isn't the only focus. Like we're, we're working on like the more, the deeper layer, all the other layers of the things that are going on. But yeah, typically people are feeling some sort of like dissonance between where they are and where they want to be. And then through working together and really following what is being asked in their specific situation and who they are as a specific individual, we work together to work through that and to bring them into their more um, more fulfilled, more free, more aligned and authentic life and well-being and all aspects of their inner and outer space. And so if someone does want to work with you, do you do it hourly? Do you have a program? Do you have a course? What is the best way for someone to work with you? So I have a lot of different ways that people can work with me. I have uh, different online courses and offerings that people can jump in, catch the recording as well as live group things that I do. And I also do, yeah, work one-on-one with people. So I ha- I offer some one-on-one sessions, like a single session where we just get to the core thing of like wh- what's making you feel stuck and like let's work through that, let's blast through that in this single session. And then I do have longer-term mentorship and coaching containers where we work together for three or six months. I'm really passionate about intentionally creating containers with the person who I'm working with in order to best serve them. So if there's something that someone comes into my world isn't specifically seeing that I offer, they can reach out to me and we can work something out and create something that's going to support them the most in the highest way possible. The place where you can find all my different offerings, one is my website and then second is my Instagram, which is where you'll definitely keep the most up to date with different offerings and things that are going on. Amazing. And we have our final signature question to ask you that we asked all of our guests. To you, what makes a good friend? Hmm, Such a good question. To me, what makes a good friend is someone who is authentically themselves, who shows up in a present and open-hearted space. Mm -hmm. Not afraid to truly be themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. Some of my closest friends, I feel like I'm being very authentic around them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no judgment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, especially as you just moved over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so (laughs) much. Yeah, of course it all aligns in this way. I know you just mentioned that your Instagram is like the place where people can find most of your stuff. So do you want to just spell out your handle? We'll of course link it in the show notes. Any other ways that people can support you? Go ahead and shout those out. Nice. Yeah. So my Instagram is Ansley Alchemy. So A-N-S-L-E-Y-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y. And my website is ansleyemerson.com. So A-N-S-L-E-Y-E-M-E-R-S-O-N.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here and helping us kick off our 2024 wellness series on such a high note. It was an absolute pleasure to have you and maybe we'll connect in real life sometime. Oh, I would love that so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to everyone who's listening. It's really been such a pleasure being here. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ori Friends. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Okay, wait, really quick before you go, if you want a chance to be the Artie Friends Listener of the Week, we have something for you. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for bonus entries, there's so many ways to support our show. Share about us on your Instagram story, engage with us over on TikTok, post on our Facebook group, join the Patreon page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to send that rating and review to our Instagram page, Artie Friends Podcast. We pick a new Listener of the Week every Wednesday. We'll send you a $10 Visa gift card if you win, just as a way of saying thank you to buy you a coffee, buy you a sweet little treat, whatever you want. Thanks again, you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. And we'll catch you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.